Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, good morning, Restoration Church. It's Pastor Johnny here. Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to continue in our series called Habits. And over the past few weeks, we have been uh, looking at different spiritual disciplines uh, to practice in our lives uh, for the goal of becoming more like Christ, for the goal of growing in godliness. Uh, and our key text uh, really for this entire series uh, is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where Paul uh, encourages Timothy, a young pastor, to train himself or to discipline himself uh, in godliness or for the purpose of godliness. And we know that these spiritual disciplines, are they, they can be very small and practical things that we practice and do in our lives, but they yield some very big spiritual results in our lives. And so today, we are going to cover the next spiritual discipline. We have two more. We have one this Sunday and one next Sunday. So we have two more. Uh, but we're going to co- cover the the discipline, the spiritual discipline of learning, the spiritual discipline of learning. And before we go there, let's go and uh, uh, pray and pray before the Lord today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. God, I pray that for the next few moments that you would speak to us, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would speak into our hearts, um, work in our lives in a powerful and mighty way. And God, we want to be good and faithful uh, students of you and of your word and of your ways. And so, God, I just pray you would uh, really work in our lives and speak to us in a powerful way this morning. Uh, remove any distractions that we have so that we can focus completely on you today. If we can focus completely on your word this morning, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Like I said, the spiritual discipline of learning is what we are going to cover today. And a few years ago, when I was still a youth pastor, I took a uh, personality assessment. It was called the Strength Finder. There's tons of personality assessments, but one of my favorites is the Strength Finder. And so, this Strength Finder, the, you answer a bunch of questions about yourself, and then it uh, reveals to you what your top five strengths are. And if you've never taken the Strength Finder assessment before, I'd encourage you to take it. It's really helpful in understanding how you're wired, because I believe everyone's wired by God differently, uh, and so if you really understand yourself uh, and really know more about how you're wired, it really helps you in all areas of your life. But I, I really like this test. But anyway, um, one of the top five strengths that I had uh, was actually surprising to me at first. Uh, one of the top five strengths that I had was learner learner. And if you know anything about my childhood, I was not a learner at all. I did not like going to school. I hated school. I did not like learning or reading or anything like that, both in grade school and in high school. Um, In high school, uh, I graduated with a 2.9 GPA. My life motto as a high school student was C's get degrees. Come on. C's get 
degrees. You know, that was just my motto. So I definitely wasn't a learner. Uh, the very first full book that I read was in college. My first semester of college was the first full book that I've read in my entire life. And man, uh, The Cat in the Hat is an awesome book. I really encourage you to read The Cat in the Hat. It was so good. So good. But it, that was one of my strengths, learner. Although I wasn't a learner in high school and a learner in uh, in grade school, somehow, someway, God got a hold of my mind. Uh, and now I love the, the process of learning and I love the results uh, that come from learning. Uh, And so I was really thinking about what that means for us. Did you know that a disciple of Jesus as in us as disciples of Jesus, we are to be learners. Uh, the word disciple, uh, it means follower or to follow, uh, but it also means learner. The word disciple means learner. And so if we are going to be disciples of Jesus, it also means that we are going to be students and learners of Jesus, and we're going to learn from Jesus. We're going to learn from Jesus about God's ways and uh, God's word and God's world. And so really, as believers, as disciples in Christ, we are called to be learners. And why are we called to be learners? I love what R.C. Sproul, a great theologian, says about it. He says, burning hearts are not produced by empty heads. Burning hearts are not produced by empty heads. In in other words, what he's saying is that it's God's truth, which must be learned, is the fuel that ignites the flames of the Christian heart. We are called to have full heads, which then impacts our hearts, which then impacts our hands and feet, which we can be then the hands and feet of Jesus. In other words, um, uh, information turns into inspiration and passion for God, which and then turns into transformation as his disciples, as disciples of Jesus, go out into the world to transform the world. And so the goal then of learning is transformation. Transformation of our hearts, transformation of uh, the world around us. That is the goal of learning. Or in, in, other, in other ways, as we've been really talking about godliness, the goal of learning is, is, is passion for godliness and in passion to be more like Christ. Because when we are passionate about godliness, we're passionate about Christ, and that transforms us, and then that transforms the world. Now, I do want to make something clear here, that learning itself is not the goal. Learning itself is not the goal. It is a means or the means to the ultimate goal, which is godliness, Christ-likeness, transformation. It is not, learning in itself is not the goal. So hear me out real quick. This sermon is not about just acquiring all of this information and being super smart and knowing all these big vocabulary, biblical vocabulary, theological words. And it's not information just to, to, to get into some debates with people that really produce no fruit. What I'm talking about today is study of the Word of God, uh, really understanding God's Word, becoming knowledgeable in the Word of God so that it transforms our lives and others. So, 
Does this mean that we have to have a bunch of degrees? Uh, does this mean we have to have a PhD in theology, a PhD in Bible in order for us to really be learners of the Word of God? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think you have to have a PhD. I don't think you have to go to seminary to be a learner of God. But I think you do have to be intentional uh, about following God, about being a student of the Word of God, because we are all called to be learners. Now, how are we doing? How are we doing being learners of the Word of God? Well, over the years, uh, studies have found that American Christians are actually becoming increasingly biblical uh, illiterate. I mean, that, that's what uh, studies are saying. Here are some of the findings uh, in these studies. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians cannot identify more than two or three of the disciples. According to data from the Barna Research Group, 60% of Americans can't even name uh, five of the Ten Commandments. 83% of Americans uh, that are born again, again Christians believe that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse, 83% of American born-again Christians. Uh, A majority of adults think the Bible teaches that the most important purpose in life is taking care of one's own family. Barnapol indicated that at least 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Another survey that surveyed graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. A considerable number of respondents to one poll indicated that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham, and 78% of Born-again Christians in America believe that Jesus is the first being created by God. Church, if we continue in this way, in this trajectory, it is very harmful. Uh, We are going to be in a very, very bad position if we continue this way. And we're going to be in some big, big trouble. And so... As I was getting ready for this message on learning, um, I thought to myself, how did we get here? Uh, how, did, how did we get to this state in, in our lives and in Christianity? Well, one of my favorite um, pastors and teachers, uh, Steve Lawson, says this. He says, as the pulpit goes, so goes the church. As the pulpit goes, so goes the church. In other words, the preaching that takes place week in and week out in the church sets the tone and the depth and the direction for the church. And so the church becomes what the preaching is like. And I truly, truly believe that in many churches across America, we have really sacrificed the truth of God for the trends of culture. You see, we are more focused on being cool and relevant than being Christ-like. Church and Christianity is not about being cool. 
It's about being Christ-like. And for whatever reason, we try to be so relevant to our culture. And when we look at theology and doctrine, it's it's somehow irrelevant or thought thought of as irrelevant or an afterthought. And so I truly believe that part of the reason why we are here in this state, in 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 um in this time with this increasing number of a misunderstanding of scripture is because of the preaching that takes place in many of the churches. And so, church, I just want to let you know that I'm committed as your pastor to teach. Uh, to teach the Word of God, uh, to to hold on to the convictions of Scripture. Now, I'm not saying that culture doesn't matter and that we shouldn't engage in culture or anything like that. No, I think we should be good students of culture, but not at the expense of sacrificing the truth of Scripture. And so my goal today is to give you three biblical principles on the spiritual disciplines of learning. And I pray and I hope that these biblical principles on learning helps you become uh, a student of God so that you can make a difference uh, in this world for God. So here we go. Uh, Biblical principle number one uh, that we find in Scripture in regards to learning. Uh, Number one, learning is expected. Learning is expected. Uh, verse uh, Mark, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says this. He says, and this is Jesus saying, and you shall, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Uh, and so Jesus says that we should love him uh, with, with all of our mind, with all of our mind. Learning in the life of a believer is not optional. Jesus says, you shall love me with your mind. You shall. It's not an option. Uh, There's no exception. You shall. It is a command for the believer. It's expected for the believer to love God with our minds. When we love God with our minds, he's pleased. He's pleased when we use the minds that he has given to us to learn more about him. And so this, 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 discipline of learning about God and learning from God. It's a lifelong process for the believer. We never stop learning about God. We learn. We never stop learning from God and from His Word and from His ways. Why? Because there is always more to know about God. That's the beauty of God, that, that when you think you already have Him figured out, there's more to know. That when you think you already know everything about God, there's infinitely infinitely more to know about Him. And not only do we know more about God, but we grow more in Christ. We find purpose and joy and fulfillment when we really know who God is. But learning is expected in the life of a believer. Jesus says, you shall love me uh, with all of your mind. You see, let me just share an example with you today. When people start dating early on, What's one of the main, main goals in dating? One of the main goals in dating is just simply getting to know each other. And so if you remember dating your spouse, you probably 
talked a lot and spent a lot of time on the phone, just getting to know each other, asking questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Where have you traveled? What do you like about this? You know, blah, 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 all kinds of questions, but you're getting to know each other. And for whatever reason, what tends to happen is people get married and they stop getting to know each other. But I truly believe that learning about our spouse is expected in a marriage and in a healthy marriage. Uh, Christina and I, uh, we decided that we still wanted to get to know each other. We've been uh, married for uh, five years coming up here in October, and, and I truly believe that I don't know everything about her, and she doesn't know everything about me. And so what we decided to do, and we do a few times, is, um, is we have a list of about 75 questions on our phone, and they're simple questions. They're conversation starters, but they're questions that really we normally wouldn't ask on a day-to-day conversation, uh, day-to-day basis. But uh, we, if we'd go out to dinner, we'd just pick a few questions and just ask those questions to each other. And we start getting to know things um, about each other. About a few weeks ago, uh, we decided to get to know each other more on an emotional basis. And so we had these set of questions that we decided to ask each other um, uh, about just emotional uh, things in our lives and, and how even just our, our, um, our, uh, our, our, past home experiences influence our current life. So we just connected on this emotional um, a level, but we were very intentional about it. And so through that process, I got to know uh, more things about Christine and she got to know more things about me. And that's how marriage is. I mean, marriage, it, marriage um, uh, uh, is in a, especially a healthy marriage. Uh, there's a lot of getting to know each other. And so I just encourage you uh, in your marriage to continue to get to know each other. And so Learning about our spouse is expected in marriage, and getting to know your spouse actually is an act of love, and that's the same thing in our relationship with God. Learning about God is expected, and the more we learn about God, the more we love Him, and when we learn about God, you know, it's it's an act of love. So I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to make a commitment to be a lifelong student of God and His Word, to make a commitment that you are going to love God with the mind He gave you, to make a commitment that you're not going to waste your mental capacity that God has given you. Make a commitment today that you are going to be in his word daily at church weekly, that you are going to study and search the scriptures of God. Make a commitment to be a lifelong learner of God. Number one, learning is expected. Number two, learning is work. Learning is works. Proverbs 18, 15 says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Uh, This verse says that a wise person not only acquires knowledge, but seeks it. And so the learning of God's word, the learning of God's ways, the learning of God's world doesn't happen by accident. It's an intentional process. We seek after it. We go get it. We acquire it. It's work. Learning is work. I mean, it would be super, super cool 
if God, uh, the day that we be- became Christian, uh, it'd be awesome if God had this flash drive with all the Bible knowledge we could ever know, and and he would insert it into our minds, and all the information and knowledge would just get downloaded into our minds. That would be super awesome. It really would. Or if you can just take your Bible every morning when you when you have your quiet time and you just put your Bible on your head and somehow supernaturally, spiritually, uh, all the information and knowledge uh, just from the Bible goes into your head. That'd be super cool. But it just doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That'd be awesome, right? But it just doesn't work that way. Learning deeply about God doesn't happen on accident. I mean, think about it. A good and healthy marriage doesn't happen on accident, right? There's good communication. There's uh, an intentional pursuit of one another. Uh, There is a lot of getting to know each other, as I was mentioning earlier. There's a lot of work. Those of you that have a healthy marriage know that you have put in a lot of work into your marriage. Think about it. Good parenting. A good parenting doesn't happen by accident. Uh, You are very intentional about how you are going to love your kids and discipline your kids and uh, learning how to be a better parent. Physical health as well. Being physically healthy doesn't happen by accident, right? Uh, you you have to exercise and and, uh, and eat good, but it doesn't just happen by accident. Uh, getting out of debt, right? Getting out of debt, you need a plan, you need a budget. It just simply doesn't, just your debt simply doesn't, doesn't, doesn't just disappear into midair. Uh, being proficient in your job. Uh, you know, many of you are so good at what you do at work, but I'm sure it took a lot, a lot of work to get where you're at to be proficient at your job. And so in the same way, learning is work. It doesn't happen by accident. So what I want to do, I want to take a few moments to simply give you some 10 practical ways that you can begin that process uh, of being a lifelong learner uh, of Christ and putting in that work. Just 10 very quick things that you can apply today. Uh, Number one, commit to being a lifelong learner. That's the first thing I've already mentioned, but I got to mention it again. Just make that commitment that you're going to learn and study the Word of God. Number two, start with a topic of the Bible you are interested in or have questions about. Start with a topic of the Bible you are interested in or have questions about. You see, uh, a lot of the times we read the Bible and and you know we uh, there, we start we start in from Genesis, Genesis right we 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 try to start in Genesis and uh, I get this a lot like man I'm doing good through Genesis and then I get to all those names and then I just give up you know well how about we for now we just start with something that that you're just interested about or have questions of and so I'd encourage you to read a book to read a book on that topic, to read a book on that topic. And for those of you who are just extremely, extremely busy or don't like reading uh, at this point, man, I I think it's really uh, helpful to start small, 
to start small? What if you just read five minutes a day and really go for quality, not not quantity? Uh, just really slow down, take some time to read the book that you have chosen on that specific topic. But read a book, start with at least five minutes a day for those of you that don't like reading or are just extremely, extremely busy at this season. You can also use auto uh, audio books as well. Uh, maybe you have the physical book uh, and uh, you also can use the audio book that goes along with it or just the audio book by itself. But I encourage you to use those. They're very helpful. Uh, videos online. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, online videos that you can uh, watch on that topic that you're interested in. Uh, but I do uh, encourage you to make sure that it's from a credible source because uh, there's a lot of content content out there and it's just not really helpful. Uh, podcast uh, pop, podcasts on uh, theology or the Bible are uh, very helpful as well. Uh, you can also take an online class. Uh, there's a website, uh, and I'd encourage you to write this down. It's called biblicaltraining.org, biblicaltraining.org. I mean, it is seminary-level instruction for free, for free. I mean, it's amazing. I can't believe it's free, actually. Like, I, I can't believe it at all. But uh, I, I'd encourage you there to start with a topic of the Bible you're interested interested in by reading a book, an audio book, a video podcast, or an online class, and just dive in. Number three, uh, read a book for relaxation and refreshment. Read a book for relaxation and refreshment. So I'd encourage you, uh, you know, from time to time to maybe not read something that's really uh, theological or um, really an academic book, uh, but really read something that's more for your soul. Uh, read something that's going to refresh you. Uh, I really I love biographies of people, uh, of people from the past, Christian giants from the past. Currently, for me, uh, I'm reading a book on the life of John Calvin, which is one of my uh, favorite persons to to learn about. And uh, and so, read a biography or read read something on Christian living. That that's really meant for uh, refreshing and relaxing your soul, and it doesn't have to be really, really dense in its content. And content um, uh, number four: a study on what the Bible says about a current uh, cultural topic or a relevant topic. Study uh, on something that's going on in our culture today. So for example, right now, I think it'd be really wise to think through, well, what does the Bible say about injustice? What does the Bible say about racism? What does the Bible say about politics and government? Uh, what does the Bible say about end times? Because it seems that Every time I open my social media or I'm watching TV or I'm scrolling through a blog, there's all these end time conversations that people are having right now. So what does the Bible really say about the end times? Uh, and so just really study something that's uh, that's going on in our culture today. Number five, uh, teach others. Uh, teach others. So teaching is one of the best ways to learn. So teach others. Teaching is one of the best ways that we can learn. I really encourage you, especially for those of you that have kids, to do a, fam a family Bible study, to do a family Bible study where uh, we take turns. You take 
take turns bringing in the word and, and, and teaching your family something. Uh, get the kids involved as well. Maybe you could do a family Bible study uh, as well. So teach other people. Maybe you have a friend uh, and that, uh, that, that you want to share something with. You can just be like, hey, can I just share with you something I've learned and tell me what you think about it. And so just begin a dialogue, but teach other people what you're learning. And so I really want to take the time here to address parents for just a second. So over the course of my 13 years of ministry, I've done uh, basically kids and student ministry for the past 13 years. Uh, and so parents, I just got to tell you this. Uh, I really got to uh, encourage you um, to teach your kids because I believe that you as parents, you are your child's greatest spiritual influence. It's not the church. We only get them one hour a week or four hours a month. You get them all the time. And during this season that we're in, you get them all the time, 24-7. They don't even go to school. So you you are so influential in your child's life. So, so parents, teach your kids the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, here, here God is instructing uh, Israel and the parents of Israel to teach their children the word of God. He, he instructs them there in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so, parents, I, I just really encourage you to teach your kids um, because one of the things that I've seen over the past uh, 13 years of doing next-gen ministry is I've seen this. I've seen parents who place so much focus on their child's um, academics or their child's um, uh, sports. Um, and there's a lot of emphasis on that. And you know what? That's great. I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing uh, that you want your best for your child, that that uh, you want them to have a good GPA so that they could get into a good college or that you want them to do well in sports so they could get a scholarship for college. I think that's awesome. But what about their spiritual GPA? What about their spiritual GPA? I mean, it's really awesome that they could know math and English and history and they could be smart, but do they know Christ? And do they know the Word of God? Uh, there's a study that, uh, and I've seen this, and there's a, there's a study that, that says that 66% of teens after graduating high school don't attend church for at least a year after. And some come back, but most don't. 66%. And I've seen that. I've seen that quite a bit. Now, out of those who graduated high school and stayed plugged in to the church and, um, uh, and have grown uh, as young adults, 50% of them said that the reason why they stayed in the church was because they wanted to follow the example of their parent. 50% said, hey, I, I want to stick here, stick to this church, and I want to go to church because my parents set the right example. My parents taught me. My parents lived it out. So parents, I believe in you. You guys are going to do amazing. Uh, I know sometimes it can get a little crazy with kids, but man, you are going to do an amazing, amazing job. You are your child's greatest uh, spiritual influence. So if you have kids right now, here's what I want you to do. 
Grab your phone because I know it's by you. It's it's stuck on your hip. Grab your phone. Go to your app store and download the app New City Catechism. New City Catechism. Uh, this is an app uh, that helps um, people, actually even adults. So even if you're an adult, you could really use this app. But uh, this app helps um, parents uh, uh, teach their kids the Word of God in very simple ways. New City Catechism. Do it right now. Do it. Do it right now. Okay, download that app. And so it's a really uh, easy format. There's uh, one question and then followed by a one sentence answer. And there's there's a children's mode on there. It's super helpful. It's super easy. But you can start there. Parents, you're going to do an amazing job. I believe in you. Uh, Number six, uh, number six, uh, you can join a small group uh, here at Restoration Church uh, that's going to help you grow and learn more about God and His Word. Uh, Number seven, uh, not only can you join a small group, but you can actually lead a small group. Uh, Like I was mentioning earlier, one of the best ways to learn is to teach, and you could lead a small group on a topic that you are passionate about or on uh, an activity that you are passionate about. So if you want to lead a small group, let me know. We'll get you uh, ready to go and trained up uh, for the fall semester. Also, number eight, number eight, uh, you can visit our resources page on our website. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we decided to to create a resource resource page on our website. And on this resource page, uh, there are tons of different recommended books and websites on different topics. So go there. It's something that we started and we added a few already, and we're going to continue to add a bunch of resources there. And if you ever have a question on a recommended resource on a specific topic that you're studying, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. I geek out about stuff like that. I love it. Uh, So just let me know. Um, Number nine, number nine. Uh, learn from a person who is further along in the faith than you are. Uh, just say, hey, can I, can I take you out for a coffee? Can, can I uh, ask you a few questions about this or about that, about God's Word? Just, just learn with people. Learn with someone else. Maybe get a mentor who's going to mentor you in the Word of God. And number 10, number 10, um, stay engaged in our next series. Stay engaged in our next series. This series, the Habit Series, was a more topical series because of the the you know the idea of the series. But uh, in in August, uh, the first Sunday in August, we're going to start a brand new series in Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, and we're just going to go through section by section by section until we are done with Mark. And I truly believe this is going to be um, a very beneficial and helpful. As we study the life and work and death and resurrection of Christ, uh, it's just going to be a a game changer for you because I know so many uh, Christians uh, that would call themselves Christians but have never read entirely through a gospel, through the life of Christ. And so we're going to start there. We're going to get rooted and grounded, dive deep in this gospel of Mark. So again, learning is expected. Learning is work. And number three, learning is transformative. Learning is transformative. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word transform has this idea of change from within, a changing from the inside out. And so the word of God must first go through our head if it's going to impact our heart. Learning is transformative. Uh, one of the, the the pictures I think about when I think about this verse, I think about uh, a caterpillar. A caterpillar uh, turning into a butterfly. The caterpillar begins as uh, larva. Uh, then over time, it becomes a full-grown uh, caterpillar, and then finally, uh, it kind of hangs on a tree, and then uh, it's in a cocoon for a certain period of time. And inside of that cocoon, it is really undergoing some changes and transformation. And when the process is over, what do we get? We we essentially get a new creature. We get something new. We get something transformed. We get this beautiful uh, butterfly. Uh, and so this caterpillar, I mean, undergoes this this crazy supernatural uh, uh, transformation in, uh, in, uh, in uh, who they are. And so I just think that's just a beautiful picture of, of the transformation that happens in believers when we uh, learn uh, the Word of God, when we renew our mind with the Word of God, we become transformed. We're a new creature. Uh, we're, we're new people. When we just let the Word of God really renew and reprogram uh, our minds. And so really, uh, here's the thing when it comes to transformation. You see, if, if the world controls your thinking, you're a conformer. Listen closely. If the world controls your thinking, you're a conformer. But if God controls your thinking, you're a transformer. If God controls your thinking, you're a transformer. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If the world controls your thinking, you will reflect the world. If God controls your thinking, you will reflect God. You see, we are all changing. We're all changing. And, and either we're changing and transforming to become a beautiful creation, a beautiful thing like God, to be more godly, to be more Christ-like, or we're becoming like the world. We're always changing. We're, we're always changing. And so where are you headed? Are you, how are you being conformed or transformed? Learning is transformative. It changes our hearts. It changes our affections for God. It changes the way we view God, the way we love God. Uh, learning changes us from the inside out. It transforms us so that we can transform the world. Learning is expected. Learning is work, and learning is transformative. It changes your life, and it changes the life of other people. And so church, I want to end with this. I just I, I I want to be a church. I want Restoration Church to be a church that loves the Word of God, not simply to acquire a bunch of knowledge, but to love the Word of God, so we can love God and love people better. 
And so I don't want to be a church that, uh, that, that, that goes about studying uh, theology and, and doctrine and to be really rooted in Scripture so that we can be separated from culture. I don't want that to happen to us. Uh, I, I don't want us to be a church that, that simply just focuses on the Word of God uh, and, and ignores culture. But I want us to be a church that dives deep in the Word of God and studies it so that we can engage culture, so that we can transform culture. Why? Because there are people who need to hear the message of the gospel. That is why. And so church, that is my desire, to be a church that is transformed, that is renewed, by the word of God so that we can be a church that then transforms the world. Learning is expected. Learning is work and learning is transformative. That is my hope and my prayer for your life. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Um, We thank you for the mind that you have given us. Let us be good stewards of the mind that you have given us that we would grow in our knowledge of you so that we could grow in our knowledge of, of, of your word. Uh, God, I pray that uh, you would help us be a church that uh, is transformed through your word. Help us be a church that is transformed so powerfully, God, that it impacts our communities, our families, our friends, this world. God, help us uh, and protect us really from being people who love information for information's sake. God, help us from that and protect us from that spirit. But help us people who love your word so that we can love you and love others. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, Please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.